Welcome in, everybody, to the Deep End Podcast Special Edition. We are going to talk about something that you are going to love what we're talking about. Uh, this week on the podcast, we are taking a break from our First Corinthians study, and we're going to talk about something that's so important to your season of year. Finances, money, Christmas is coming. What are you going to do? Are you going to be frustrated by the end of the season, or are you going to be ready to face the new year with confidence and peace? Don't freak out financially this Christmas. This is The Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to The Deep End Podcast, brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper into the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. All right, welcome back. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here at North Attleboro Waters Church, and I'm so glad to welcome you into this special edition of the podcast. We are talking about finances, and I have some special guests in the studio with me, which we will get to in just one moment. Just a couple of announcements. Number one, tonight, church is first Wednesday, so if you come to Waters Church, North Attleboro, come on out. Six o'clock prayer, seven o'clock worship, 7.30 word. And we always do communion, and you want to come out and celebrate that with us tonight, November 1st, first Wednesday. Also, this Saturday is baptism class. Make sure you come on out if you haven't been baptized. We encourage you to come on out. Even if you are on the fence about being baptized, you can find out about all the things that that entails and uh, learn more about the process that we, um, that we enact here at Waters Church to share your story and tell your story and then use your story to reach others. Every baptism story this past weekend was so powerful, so amazing, and uh, we just love to see the life change happening here every week at Waters Church. So baptism class this Saturday. Okay, I am in studio here with two very wonderful people. I want you to welcome uh, Dan Rayberg and Lisa Collagio. These are our financial peace facilitators here at Waters Church, North Attleboro, and they are fantastic at what they do. Um and they have been brought into the podcast this Wednesday because we need to get our finances in order before the chaos ensues. And so many people do not make a plan about the holiday season. And uh, we are 54 days away from Christmas, 54 days away. You only got so much time. So now is the time before uh, you're three days away from Christmas to say what you want your money to do before you wonder what your money did. Uh, Dan, Lisa, how are you guys doing? Happy to be here. Doing great. Excellent. Yeah, so glad to have both of you here. Why don't you just tell us real quick your story. Lisa, we'll start with you ladies first. I got involved in financial peace about eight years ago and here at Waters it has been amazing and awesome to see lives change. Yeah. To see people totally make a difference mm. and improve in all areas with yeah. their kids with their marriage just daily mm. it's been incredible um eight years yeah she was my teacher she was your teacher <laughs> my initial one yeah and so has the student become the master <laughs> <laughs> she's allowing me to take the reins a little bit yeah yeah a very similar story point most people that are listening i had no idea what i was doing with finances like at all yeah uh, i graduated college 
was a finance major, didn't know what I was doing, got plugged in with FPU mm. and very quickly became empowered with my money. You know, yeah. it's realizing that God has a purpose for your money. And, uh, you know, I remember after I had graduated that first year, Lisa asked, would you help? Would you, you know, get connected and mm-hmm. get plugged in? Uh, and since then, man, it has been such a, just a passion of mine to help God's people with money, yeah. to see his purpose. Um, so I've been teaching a couple of years now. It's been such a blessing. Yeah. You went through the class and I love what, I love your story because you share this uh, every time I talk to you about it, which is you you graduated college with a four-year degree in what? Business finance? Cor- corporate finance. Corporate finance. So the big money. Yeah. And not once. I mean, I was doing all these algorithms that I would never use again in my life. Yeah. And never once did they help me, you know, with my personal finance. I mean, how do you get out of debt? How do you invest? How do you save? All these things that we should learn. You're yeah. never taught. You know, yeah. no one's ever taught. And that's funny because it's like, hey, handle the big wigs money. Handle the Wall Street money, handle whatever, you know, financial institution money. But your money, we don't care. Right. You know, you, you can go broke as far as we're concerned, but here's the skill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's part of the problem, I think, with higher education today is that we are not looking at the whole person. And this is why you need a church, everybody. You need a church like Water Church, where we care about you heart, soul, spirit, financially, socially, relationally. Everything about your life matters to God. And money matters to God. Uh, money is not evil. Like sometimes we incorrectly think this like oh doesn't the bible say that money is evil and so if i have money i'm evil no mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of rich people in the bible there's a lot of rich people who did great things for god in the bible abraham was rich abraham was so rich he had an army at his disposal of 318 men mm. you're stinking rich when you have an army of 318 men <laughs> um and you know you get zacchaeus who was rich you have um nicodemus who was rich joseph of Arimathea was rich and of course, who's the most rich of all? God. God is rich, but he knows how to be rich. Hmm. And Americans are rich, but they don't know how to be rich. You know, we're the richest nation on earth, probably in the richest generation in the history of this nation. Right. And yet we are so oftentimes um, controlled by money in a negative way. Correct. And so speak to that a little bit about, you know, what do you guys see coming into the class uh, maybe talk to that person who's thinking about coming to the class at Financial Peace or what do I do now? What what do you see in our church? Yeah, so, so I'd say there's a lack of education out there big time with finances. And the biggest thing that I think that we see after the nine weeks is people leaving with hope. Yeah. I mean, they leave with a hope. Man, we have a plan that we could get out of this thing. You know, we got in it together and we're getting out of this thing together. Yeah. Uh, there's a plan. There's a written action of, you know, actually steps of how are we going to do this, you know, from step one to D or see your, you know, all the way down the line, what does that look like? And, you know, they're getting an actual plan to win with money. And it's not scary. No, I mean, the biggest thing with finances is, you know, it's never as bad as it looks. You know, you Mm. gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. Your numbers are your numbers. Lisa, I mean, you've been teaching it for eight years and the stories that you see come out of there, I mean, it's powerful when you see a, a married couple that have been married for 10, 15 years with money fights and, they leave after nine weeks empowered that they actually for once are on the same page, you know? Because they never talked about it before. They never talk about it. That's the, that's the funny thing, and you mentioned that, and it's so true. As married people, you, you think you're going to talk about it, you don't talk about it. There's right? never a good time. Right, there's never a good time you're because tired. people are crazy. And you got, if you got kids, you're crazy with the kids. You're going everywhere. You're like a taxi driver sometimes. And, and just never say, okay, let's sit down. And I think that's like number one in this whole mm. class, right? Right. And the other thing, like Dan had said, is people don't even look at their numbers. It is amazing how many people come in and they've never sat down and even looked at their numbers. They, yeah. They're, they're so afraid they won't even look at them. They're afraid. Right. Yeah. And that's why I said that. It's, it's not fear. scary. It's right. not scary to do this. But no. for some reason, we think it is. 
like I know if I sit down, I'm going to find out that I'm in the worst shape possible and there's no way out. And that sometimes feels like that's the, it's the, it's the bottomless pit of despair for these people financially. Sure. Yeah. I mean, how many, we can't tell you how many times in class we say, we say, okay, we want you to go find out how much money are you actually have coming in this month? And people are like, what? Like, and they have no idea about how much money's coming in or where it's going that next month. You know, they just, money comes in at the end of the month, you look back and you wonder where the heck did that money go? I yeah. have no idea. And most of the time it's being paid to everybody else, but yourself and God. I mean, it's debt that is like strangling this nation and mm-hmm. Christians, uh, you know, just because we're in a consumer society that mm-hmm. is, man, what a perfect time of the year. Now, I think when we talked, we said, you know, how many people in January mm. look back at what they just did to themselves in November and December and say, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, I cannot believe the debt that I put myself in. I need to get a plan. So if we can be proactive now, that we can be intentional and emotional with our money now, we could have an unbelievable 2018 as we go into, you know, right. what God has planned for us. And, you know, the worst part about January and being in debt is it's cold. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so not only do you have, no, you know, nowhere to go because it's cold and it, you can do nothing except ski unless you like to ski or snow, snowmobile or whatever. But, but you can't afford it. You can't, <laughs> you can't afford it. So you're stuck inside arguing with each other because you have no money. And we... At Waters Church, want to help you avoid the January blues and not get yourself in that situation. And before we go any further, I want to make sure that there's one thing very clear here. No, this class does not resolve or revolve around one point, which is give your money to the church. That's not what the class is about. The class is about getting a hold of what God has given you because he loves you. He wants it to go well with you. And yeah, there is a part of giving, of course, financially, because we serve a giving God, but fundamentally, it's about taking ownership of what God has entrusted you with. Yeah, tithing is just 10% of it. You know, the class is talking about the other 90%. How are we going to, you know, build up wealth? How are we going to, you know, save up enough cash to get off of credit cards, to get rid of debt, and then build up? How are we going to get into a 401k? What is a retirement account? You know, how are we going to pay for college, you know, funding? And how are we going to build wealth and give? You know, what does that look like? So build wealth too. Correct. Oh, people absolutely. don't think that, oh, what is this, just scraping by? This is a class on, to teach me how to scrape by? No. No, a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You Amen. know what I mean? That is important. That's in the Bible. That is absolutely important. That, and, when, and when I started to grasp that, that, oh my gosh, if I could get rid of my college mm. debt, if I could get rid of my student loans and my car payments, what would that look like? Mm. What would my, could I change my family tree? Could I change my generations and pass on wealth? Absolutely you can. Yeah. And this episode is about preventative maintenance so that you can not just make those mistakes, so that you can not just avoid those mistakes, but that you can start to build a lifestyle for yourself and your family and your loved ones that is successful and blessed, Mm. you know? Correct. Building so, a legacy. Yeah, building a legacy. That's right. So what, what, um, when we talked, Dan, about this, um, about this episode, what's the one thing like right now that you would tell people, here we are November 1st, what do you tell people about um, money and how to not fall into the money pit in the Christmas shopping season? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things. Here's the, here's the thing. You got to be intentional about mm-hmm. this stuff. You can, you cannot just let this money come in and go out and, you know, think, Hey, listen, I'll just make sure I'm, um, you know, I'm on top of my finance and stuff. No, you need to Make a plan for your money now mm. and put it on paper, on purpose, beforehand so that mm-hmm. we can look back in December, at the end of December, and say, yes, I stayed in balance. I stayed inside the budget and I won. You know, w- losing with money is not fun. I don't like to lose. Let's stop losing with God's money. Yeah. 
And you talked about budgeting. Correct. So this is scary for a lot, a lot of people. A lot of people don't like that word. They don't so like the word. I don't even like the word. Tony changed it. He yep. calls it a money plan. A money plan. Right. That sounds much better. A budget sounds like <laughs> beans and rice. You know what I mean? Yes, a money plan sounds right. like it's you have control of it. I have yeah. control of my finance. I'm going to start telling my money where to go on, on purpose beforehand, before I even get it, mm -hmm. right. so that at the end of the month I can look back and I did it. I won. And we're going to win each month moving forward. And you talk about this about especially um, in the Christmas shopping season and the Thanksgiving shopping season, uh, sh holiday season, that advertising works. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. They hit. This is the time of the year where they are going to play the emotion mm -hmm. button all day. The emotion button. Yeah. This is the type of season where, hey, listen, you want to show somebody how much you love them. This is how you get to, how you get to show them how much you love them in dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're going to show you that, listen. They're going to make it so that when you walk into the store, things are put right in the right, right spot. And the, it's, 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 pressure. A, it's a pressure. Guilt. Sure. It's a buy, responsibility. Yeah. Buy two, get one. You know, those mm -hmm. type of deals are out there. Yeah. You know, there's a certain. Uh, I fall for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to, but man, they're going to give me a free one if I right. buy a second one. Right. And yep. you're, you're, you're so right because advertising and then the emotional quotient when it comes to the holidays, because what's, what's the burden of pressure for most families when it comes to the emotional uh, you know, component of, of holidays. We have to create the perfect holiday season for our kids. Right. Yeah. You when, know. When but you they've lost it. What is the perfect holiday season? They mm. think it's the gifts. Yeah. They think it's the bigger gift, the more expensive yeah. gift. They've that's lost not it. that. No, it's not that. And that's, you know, that's my job to talk about, you know, that, hey, it, it, Waters Church and people listening to the podcast, even if they don't come, come to Waters Church, uh, the Christmas season is not about, you know, buying and giving gifts to other people and making sure that your kids are happy. The Christmas season about, is about the fact that God sent his son into the world mm. to redeem us from the curse of sin and set us free from being bound by the the money god the sex god the you know ultimate pleasure god the fame god all the gods of our culture that we serve and i was looking this up this week is that if you look back uh if you just do a sociological study of the ancient cultures and almost every culture really in human history there are two things there are two gods that we have fallen for and served all throughout human history and those two gods are the god of sex and the God of money, the God of having a lot of stuff and the God of having a lot of pleasure. And it's so amazing how history, if there's one thing that history teaches us, it is that history teaches us nothing and that we don't learn from it. And we see so many cultures and so many people and, again, and especially on a micro level, families and children wrecked by people who made poor choices in the immediate when it came to finances, poor choices in the immediate when it came to sex and then dealt with long-term consequences because of that immediate satisfaction going back to Christmas and the advertising and the shopping. This is the biggest deal. Yeah. I got a question for you. How much do you think was spent last year in America on Christmas? Um, billions. <laughs> One trillion dollars. Come on. A trillion dollars. The average family household went into over a thousand dollars of debt in Christmas. That type, that type of stuff is brought home with you. You know, so that's not something that you just, you know, it ends in December 31st when the year ends. That comes in January. And yeah. that, you know, so you're going to ruin the rest of, you know, the immediate future because you want to, you bought into the lie that, you know, giving little Tommy some plastic stuff was going to make him happy and keep mm. him out of jail when he gets older and make him feel loved. All those things. <laughs> keep him out of jail. <laughs> yeah, get him that robot and right. keep him out of jail. And you talked about this too with me earlier was guilt buying. Oh, yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. What, what, is, what is guilt buying? The... 
I can't tell you how many friends or family members I have that, you know, maybe they're a single mom mm. or in a divorced family. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, man, I've, I've, I've already given him such a tough life. At mm -hmm. least during Christmas, I can make him have a good, have a good Christmas. Yeah. Make and, up for it. And make up for it. What a lie Penance. that is, that that's going to bring them any type of happiness. When I look back on Christmas, and Lisa, I'm sure we all have our own traditions, I look back, I remember the things I remember from Christmas is walking into my mom's house and having it smell like Christmas. Right. Those are the things, you know, that type of warmth, you know, the, the smell of homemade food and, you know, it's not the presents and the toys under the tree, it's, it's the, the family people. time. Yeah, the people, the yeah. time. So you could you could buy a Yankee candle, Christmas Yankee candle, and, and that's it. <laughs> You've got the Christmas right, yeah. smell. We're good. No, but you know it's so you true. Can and you could bake cookies. You could bake cookies exactly, and that's cheap. No buying. There. Yeah, that's right. There you go. That's good. Now here's the thing that I thought about too, and you just said that is the guilt buying and, mm. and, and making up for my mistakes to my children, mm. and I want to speak to that pastorally because listeners, I you know I I hear that, but I want you to just identify something there in your own heart. You feel the need to make up for how you let your children down. Okay, first off, uh, that's called penance. <laughs> that's called trying to atone for your sins. You can't do it. You will never truly be able to remove your guilt with your good works. If there's one thing the Bible teaches us, it is that our good works do not atone for our sins. This is why Jesus came. Thus, we have Christmas. Jesus came to take the guilt upon himself. And if you're wrestling with guilt about how you've mishandled your life and your children are suffering, okay, I'm a married man and married to one woman with all three children we produce together and we still make tons of mistakes and there's still that, you know, that dealing with guilt. You've got to let, you've got to lay this down at the cross. You've got to lay this down at the feet of Jesus and say, I'm not picking this up again. Jesus died for the sin. I know I made it. I may have even done it intentionally. I may have even done it willfully. And I'm really sorry I did it. Father, forgive me. Leave it at the cross so that you don't let that guilt now drive you into mm -hmm. Christmas debt. And it's funny. It real like the gospel really does shape all parts of life when we let it. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, and, and once again, buying things and having a nice Christmas is not bad. We're not saying that you know we you serve an awesome God who loves you more than you love your kids. So the debt that is associated with overspending of the American lifestyle and the fact the thought that you know stuff is going to make you happy that is just such a lie. You know that personally yourself that. You go get that new car or that house. It's not going to bring you full time happiness. It might be short term, but the long term is is it's not there. You know, yeah. so trying to teach your kids that or try to you know try to you know keep up with the society is just you know it's a lie from the devil. So um, you said this to me: the way you spend your money directly shows what's important to you and what you value most in your family. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So we, you know, Lisa, we talk about that all the time in class. Look at the first top two things in your budget. We we say so. Now, we, now, now you first got to list the right. things you're spending. So this <laughs> or, is well, you can open your checkbook. You look okay. Yeah. What are you writing checks out to? Or if you're using all credit cards or debit cards, where are you spending your money? Yeah. Right. Like go through. We're we're all creatures yeah. of habit. We do right. the same things. Correct. Over and, and, over. and for most people, you know that the top three lines in their budget are probably going to be the house spending, mm -hmm. a car payment, and another type of debt. Whether it's your student loans, a, a credit going card. Out to eat. They're going out to eat. Mm -hmm. So now look at that. And I want you to ask yourself, are those the two or three most important things in my life that I value the most, that that's where I want my money to go? If the answer is yes, then great. If no, then you have the power to change that. Yeah. You are not stuck where you are. You're, you, all you are is where you are. Now that can change. And if you want, you know, we say if, if those aren't, don't represent what's most important to your life, where would you like to see that money go? And for me, 
I'd like to see it in saving and giving. I want the money to go to myself and to God. You mm. know, those are where I want my budget to be the highest line items. So, you know, where you are now, it's just where you have to start. You And it does not represent where you're going to be in a week, a month, a year. So you got to be intentional, emotional with those finances starting now to see God bless the, bless you there in that area. Yeah. And, and you talked about... Um the fear factor, Lisa, you know, sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to start looking deliberately at our finances. You said it being intentional. Mm. So you get together, you sit down, you open the checkbook, you open the credit card account or whatever, and you look at the spending. Um, I, there's probably somebody out there that thinks, nope, they don't understand. I'm way off the rails. I'm way out of control. And, you know, I know you guys have talked to so many people in our church personally. Can you, without naming names, what was the worst situation maybe that you have met here at Waters Church of somebody, without naming names, of course, but, you know, just like a ballpark figure of how much in debt and how out of control it was? Yeah, I mean, we've had people in class, three, four hundred thousand dollars school loan debt. What? <laughs> right. Um, you know, at least three or four hundred thousand, just school loans. School loans. Yeah. You know, so you're talking First about. First mortgage, home yeah. equity, couple car payments. Oh my! No, three, four hundred thousand of just first just student loan payments. student loan debt, yeah. not including not including first mortgage, because the home class, equity line second home house, equity line second car house, payments yeah, are, yeah, and what happened with these people? You know, so we have we have tons of great testimonies. I mean, unbelievable testimonies right here at Waters Church. Uh, you know, off what I'm thinking of, you know, one one couple, you know, married couple, ten plus years had always had the married couple money fights, just like so many Americans. You know, mm -hmm. one person comes from a family that maybe their grandmother taught them how to use money. The other person comes from a broken family, has no idea. Right. And now you're married and your finances are becoming one. So for 10 years, you either don't talk about it or you fight because no one knows the right answer because none of us have ever been taught. Yeah. Or you think the other person's handling it. Yeah. Well. Right. Yeah, yeah. But you, you don't just really make assumptions. Know. You don't know. You know, yeah. so, so that you see the, the the married couple limping into class, you know, on their literal last leg of this marriage. Mm. And these are testimonies they've shared with us mm. throughout the class. You can start to see them and you can you can feel it, man. That's mm. what that's why we do it. That's that powerful that you mm. see somebody start to take grasp like, oh, my gosh, we can get out of this. And then there's that intensity that almost like a hatred for debt that you want to like attack that thing, man. Yeah. And you, you know, see, they start to have hope and joy. Right. You so see even it in their relationship. So even the three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar person had hope. Oh, correct. Yeah. I mean, you, when, 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 fart starts, when you start to see, you know, things change Yeah. and you start to cross those one th debts off your list and you start to realize, oh my gosh, man, it, it does become addicting. Uh, and, and things, it's never as bad as you think you are. They just don't, they haven't even looked at the stuff. No. They're in so much fear. Yeah. There's so much, and yeah. a lot of it's impulsive. So they have all this debt. They haven't even opened some stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they're going through the motions, and then there's impulse things coming up, and mm. then there's Christmas, and there's vacation. Impulse. Then, so, they're, so they're vacationing their credit, you know, the, the bill's yeah. following them home. Yeah. Christmas is coming, the holidays is coming. You got to buy everybody. Right. And your neighbors, your new neighbors, you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> And and it just keeps going and it's right. going. Yeah. And this debt is building. So what do you say to that person who feels the need to buy for everybody? What do you say like off the top of your head to those people? Make an Le intentional list. Make an intentional list. Yeah. I like it. Lisa, what's more your most powerful two letter word that she's good at? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> she is much stronger than I am. She says no or or she'll be proactive and listen, reach out, have that awkward conversation of listen. 
we're not going to do presents this year for you. We don't expect anything back either. Yeah, you know, if you need to do that, and some families need to do that, they have gone way overboard, and everybody in their family is in the same boat. Yeah, and they know it. Yeah, and nobody can afford it. But you know, you got to buy your kids, and I'm going to buy your kids, and everybody. So maybe buy, broach the subject with the family beforehand, members beforehand, and say, "Hey, let's not do this this year." You talk about it, and you you and you got to be intentional. You got to have a family meeting beforehand, not but, December. But that'll make me look cheap. What 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 if I feel like I look cheap? Your pride's getting in your way. Just stop it. Amen. Oh, that's good right there. That'll preach. You know, you guys are talking about so many things that, again, go back to the spiritual nature of the gospel. Because you're talking about, mm. I can't approach the subject with finances because I'm afraid. Fear. Where does fear come from? Fear comes from the Garden of Eden. Mm. Because we sinned against God and Adam and Eve ran and hid. And we have been carrying fear and letting fear call the shots in our lives in so many areas. And especially when it comes to finances. And avoiding the problem is not answering the problem. It's right. not going to do anything but avoidance. No. More negative. Like when you talk about divorce and you talk about the fi- the marriages that you guys see come into the classroom, like some of That's you people. That's the number one divorce reason in America. Yeah. Money fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to just to say to you guys on, online listening to us, nobody gets married with the idea that we're going to get divorced. Right. But things happen over time mm-hmm. and build up. Right. To that point. And so this is something that you can say, we're not going to let this build up anymore. Correct. And we're going to lower our, our chances of divorce. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it is powerful. When you see a, a marriage like that, and finally mm. they are pulling together for one goal, mm. for one plan, on purpose, intentionally each month, there is like a revival that happens in that relationship. There's an empowerment that comes when you take control mm. of your money as a couple, and it's, it's and singles as well. We have so many single story, stories of singles uh, with success, you know, including myself. You know, uh, unbelievable types of testimonies of people breakthroughs financially. And and here's that thing, you know, going back to the the, the student that had that you know massive college loans. Maybe for some of us, you know, obviously with, with you know we're never too late. But obviously, some of us maybe we're not all going to be millionaires. Mm. There's a certain time in class when you realize, you know, maybe it's too late for me, but it's not too late for my kids. Right. And more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. And, and they start to be to realize, could I be the last, you know, Rayberg in my family tree that is not educated on student loans, that's yeah. not educated on credit card debt and college payments? I can change that. I can change that right now by by mm-hmm. you know making sure that I'm passing this stuff down and making sure that debt is no longer reaping, you know, or handcuffing my family. But by and large, it's not too late. No, absolutely And not. you bring up another um, conversation we need to have right now. It is college application season. There are 18-year-olds all across the community, all, maybe any, all across the spectrum of our listeners right now, you're applying for college or you have kids that are applying for college and you're thinking, okay, got to get this kid into that great school, got to get them the great program and, and he will have a guaranteed salary and success out there. And I say this with absolute confidence, if there is one financial ripoff scheme that is looming large over the entire culture of America, it is the get the higher edu- super expensive higher education and you are going to be set for life. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Wrong. Yeah, absolutely not. It's a lie. Yeah, we're all, for all three of us in this room are for education. Education absolutely. is absolutely an empowerment to your future. Sure. But, but the, the debt, right. the debt is what you have to be careful with. Going for the Ivy League school, you have to be careful, you know, where are you going and, and what is the degree that you're going what for? What are you going to get paid to do? Like, you know, how much are you going to get paid What's your to return do? on that investment? Exactly. How Absolutely. many people look so, at the numbers? So see college education mm-hmm. as an investment. 
Correct. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You have to. So many people think it's just, oh, it's the it's the turnkey. It's the magic potion. I take the classes. No, what I do get you do after the degree? Right. Exactly. What do you do after the degree? Yeah, what a great lie these people have sold that you need to be in six figures of debt in college to get a, a job. That is not true. Yeah. Uh, couple action points for you kids that are looking at college now. Look at in-school tuitions, in-state colleges. In state. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, in-state uh, colleges, whether it's UMass, Bridgewater, you know, URI if you're from Rhode Island, uh, those offer unbelievable opportunity later on in life when your friends are handcuffed by the $2,000 a month student loan payment and you're not. Those Ooh. are the type of things. Those are the type of things that will, you know, allow your future to grow compared to living in mom and dad's basement because you can't afford to do anything but pay college. Yeah. Just imagine, where do you want to be when you graduate college? Do you want to be saving $2,000 a month or do you want to be giving your school loan right. uh, institutions $2,000 a month? Right. Yeah. Community college. Once again, we are big advocates. There's a bunch you of options around classes. here. Correct. Get, core get, classes. Core classes. You can get them and Oh, but I'll, I'll, I'll feel like a poor person. I'll feel like a loser. What should I do? I don't want to go to... No, you're going to be class. a loser if you don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Another zinger from me. Yeah, I love it. it. That's, that's exactly right. Like, get over your pride. Stop buying into the mantras of our, com our country and our culture. You don't have to do the things they tell you you have to do. And, and we're... Education is absolutely important. Yes. I, I have an, an advanced degree. My husband has an advanced. We are absolutely for education. Right. And I think that's important and, and where it's taken you. And you need to really look at that. I've spoken with so many people. Their kids are in college and they, well, they haven't declared their major. They're really not sure <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah. They, they don't even know what they're going for. Would you say to somebody who doesn't know what they want to do to wait about college before you do know what you want to do or what you said you would say maybe go get your core classes first. Well, I don't think it's, I don't think everybody right out of high school is ready for college. No, no. I, I, you know, today our society says right out of high school, you go to college and. Turn the I, magic key. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think everybody's ready for it. I don't think the maturity level's there and some people don't really so know. So what's your advice to somebody who says, man, I'm on the fence about college. Do I even want to go? I don't even know what I want to do. What would you say to somebody like that? I would say find some things that interest you and that you truly enjoy. And find some mentors or, you know, find somebody that's mm. doing that job. Spend some time with them. There's so many people out there that will talk to you about what they do for work. Yeah. And, and find out. And, and maybe you can shadow them. Maybe you can, you know, meet with them. Ask them questions. Your husband is an elder in our church, and he is a second career college-educated person. So, like, he didn't go right from high school to college to get to the degree that he needed to do what he's doing now. No. He went back to school. Right. And found out this is what I like to do later on in life, and realized I could go to night school. And I think he put himself through night, night school. We did it together because we were dating. And I did not go out of school and go to college. I did all my college nights and weekends, yeah. working full time days. Yeah, and it's possible. You can do it. You can and do I it. did it at the end with no debt. And I like what you said. Like find what you like to do. Get some people. Go. You know, if you like to do, I don't know, computer things. Find a computer person that you know and pick their brain and see what right. it takes and yeah perhaps you can get a part-time job in that area to really see if you even like it yeah yeah i think what she was what she said we're not saying that if you don't go to college that gives you the excuse to sleep on mom and dad's couch and do nothing no, 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 you no, need no. to have an action plan of okay what would this career path look like if i'm not going to college so mm -hmm. being just as proactive and intentional but not allowing but like i said not college is not for everybody maybe no. you know you're a tradesman or you have a different passion so and be careful waters church attendees especially because i'm your pastor and i have to say this to you the um higher education system of this country has gone off the rails politically and socially and uh and culturally themselves i mean this 
these are the bastions of progressive craziness. Um, the, the general, the, the, the gender confusion being pushed upon children, the, um, the uh, sexual immoralities of, 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 our, of our culture right now being, being shoved down their throat, and almost every um, valuable Christian belief being mocked, ridiculed, rejected. Um, it's, it's a very dangerous place. We, uh, Shane Parsons, our executive pastor, had his son at a school up in Boston. And the school, I mean, he went to an assembly, and they basically, in the assembly, mocked almost every traditional moral value of Christianity uh, publicly in the assembly. And, you know, he was sitting there all alone, being My the gosh. only guy not, que- not, not clapping, not, you know, shouting, mm-hmm. and he felt like completely in a strange land. And you have got to be careful. Are you seriously going to pay tens of thousands of dollars to have your kids indoctrinated into things that are completely counter to what you believe as a Christian? And at the end of the day, if you are, that just shows that you're more, you're putting more of your faith into the cultural institutions of our day than into the God who bought you with the blood of his son and has a plan for you and can redeem all things for your good and cause you to prosper in maybe an alternative route than what everybody else feels like we have to do this. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you got just got to be uh, intentional with these type of things. These yeah. are too big of life decisions to just go into it blindly and trust the system or trust other people with your mm-hmm. children or your, your, your own future. You need to be really... Uh, you know, praying over these type of things and, and trying to be as, as you know deliberate and intentional as you can. Okay, so Waters Church wants to help you. What are we doing next Tuesday night to help them? Yeah, so next Tuesday night we are going to have a pretty cool event. Uh, Dave Ramsey, who is the uh, you know kind of the teacher of, of financial peace, will be doing a live broadcast uh, from Scottsdale, Arizona, five o'clock every eight o'clock our time. So from eight to eleven, uh, we're going to have a live broadcast of the Smart Money Conference. Real quick, off their website. The, the live stream experience will give you a proven plan, a dumping debt, building wealth in seven steps, all from the comfort uh, of the live stream. You'll get a clear vision of your family's financial future, learn how to work together and communicate more effectively. The idea is it's kind of like a financial piece on steroids. So instead of the nine weeks, you got you know, a three hour kind of uh, real quick, they'll have five or six different speakers. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect time to allow God to start working in your mind over your finances uh, and really hopefully eventually get uh, ready for financial peace, which we're going to be teaching in January. Okay, so 8 to 11, Tuesday night, November 7th. 8 to 11, Tuesday night, November 7th, here at the church. Free to attend. Free. Free. So there you go. You're already saving money and making wise decisions. <laughs> yep. 8 p.m. Uh, at 8 o'clock, so uh, no, no, child, no child care provided. Okay, so you no will have to, you'll have to get uh, some type of babysitter for that. Uh, we recommend any high school kid, college student, mm-hmm. parents, single, divorced, married, 25, 65, yeah. I don't care. Come. This is all valuable information that at whatever stage of your life you're in, you can learn from. Next Tuesday, November 7th, 8 p.m. at Waters Church Free. Yes. And it's a preview. And they're going to really give you some tools. They're not just going to sell you on the next class. They're no, going to no, no, actually no, no, teach no. you. you. You're walking away with the tools, the outline. Yeah. And the actual Financial Peace University class is to dig deeper. That's when you roll up your sleeves and you're doing the work. So talk about that, too, because we want to let people know that, again, Waters Church is here to help you body, soul, spirit, relationally, socially, financially, everything. Everything about your life matters to God. So, Lisa, talk about the Financial Peace course, because some people, they've never heard of it before. I know we we talk about it all the time on the weekend, but talk about it here. Give them the details. Historically, in the past, we've had it twice. We do it in January and September. And this coming year, we're going to do it, offer it four times. Hey, wow. 
Awesome. And it's going to be on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Child care is available. Child care is available. Yes. <laughs> Four times this year. And it's eight weeks? Nine. Nine weeks. Nine yeah, week nine-week course. We'll probably start it up right in January. Uh, we're finishing up a semester now, which has been great. Uh, we'll fin- start it up in January. We like Sunday mornings because, uh, you know, there will be some child care provided. You know, they can go to – you can kind of miss the 930 service, send your kids there, and come take class with us, similar like you and would do. Catch sec- and then catch second And then catch service. second service. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a, you know, you're done by, you know, you're done. It's not a whole day commitment, two no. hours. Uh, and we're there. We're not there to look at your numbers. We're not there to chastise you. We're there to pray with you and make sure you're doing the homework. You're doing the forms. You're understanding the forms and the homework. And that's why we're there. We're there to help you, encourage you, pray with you. We're not there to look at your numbers. That's your business. That's your stuff. Yeah, we're not paid by Dave Ramsey. We're not paid by Waters Church. We do it because that's we right. see the yeah. truth, lives man. Change. That's right. We've seen lives change, and yeah. it's unbelievable when you see somebody, finally the light switch goes on, and they're empowered to win with God's money. And that's Marriage important. Marriage is restored. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the goal here. Right. I mean, again, we have to make sure that you hear this over and over and again. It's to help you, help you, help you. Stop the madness. Stop listening to culture. Stop listening to everything that you've heard or been taught, and get a hold of it from God's perspective because He has a lot to say about this. And uh, and you guys have seen life change. You have had a front row seat to life change through financial peace. Right. And so, talk about some of the wins. What have we What have we seen happen in people's lives here at Water Church? Yeah, I'd say one of the biggest wins, especially around like tithing, that we mm. saw combined. Like it was just like God before our eyes. We had a, you know, a girl had moved up to this area and she was coming to class. She was just recently injured. So her friend had almost bring her to class, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wasn't going to sign up for the class, wasn't going to do it, but said, you know, if you'll do it, I'll sit with you. She had another job. She was also new to the area. So she lost everything. She had nothing. Mm-hmm. She was, literally had nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we were praying as a class, you know, God opened up some jobs for her, you know, do what you can do. Uh, a job opened up as a uh, bartender for her. No, it was a waitress. A waitress, excuse me. A waitress first was the waitress. All right. Yeah, so she opened up a job as a waitress, uh, came in, was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe it. I I got got, a job. I got a job and said, okay, it's time to start tithing. I'm just going to chest God on it. Tithe in the next night, right? It was, well, by the next class, her next night was working. And she had already got promoted to uh, to bartender. Yeah. They asked her if she'd want training for that, and she did. Uh, it, it was a lot more money, and she was like, "I just can't believe this is happening." Yeah, she's like, "I started tithing, and not only did God provide, but He's also He's you know increased immediately." Yeah. By the next class, the next two classes, she had another job. She's now working two jobs, and was also already getting promoted to manager in that job. And it was just like <laughs> God had provided, and immediately, you know, put her test her her. her no, faith to the test, and he'd provide it just like he said he would. Right. And, and, we, and that's one of the things that I'm always talking about, you know, giving to God, making sure that you're doing what he tells you to do when, when it comes to the first tenth. And I do it, my wife and I, we both do it. We've done it our entire lives. It is totally possible. We have done it when we were making $30,000 a year with two small children, mm. and we still do it to this day. It is possible. It has blessed us. It has caused us to prosper, not just get by caused us to prosper mm. and you know that the word tithe in the hebrew it means one tenth means you gave take one tenth right off the top first thing here you go god you have given me all things i'm giving back to you at, yeah. the, local, at the local house of worship yeah it's funny how as christians man we, we trust our god with everything our lives our kids our marriage you know but we have trouble with that paper that green yeah. paper can we trust god can i actually trust god with that and all i have to say you know in my testimony he is true to his word he has blessed me unbelievably and he um 
you know, he just has continued to come through on the tithe, and it's it's all his, man. It's all it's his. all his. Yeah. That's the other thing. I mean, you're not giving God anything; right. you are bringing. And it never says give God your tenth. It doesn't ever say right. that in the Bible. It says you bring God his tenth. Yeah, and watch him open up the floodgates of heaven. Yeah, if you what does that money say? What was that? What does that money say? Uh, what What does it say? Exactly. God right. we trust. And right. so many do people. Do we really trust? Oh yeah, that's right. In God we trust on our money. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. And again, I know where I know where the money goes, especially as a married man of and with children. I know it goes to your kids. And some and I've talked to people. They say, I can't I can't tithe. But then you hear they spend three thousand dollars a kid on Christmas. Mm. Like that's not an exaggeration. I wish that was an exaggeration. Three thousand dollars a kid on Christmas. You got yeah, three I'm kids, worried. that's nine thousand dollars. Are you crazy? What you're basically telling God is um, I need to serve my children financially before I serve you. And I trust myself. And, and I, I trust, trust myself. You. And I trust this parenting thing, this 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 lie of parenting that I need to buy my kids mm. happiness so that they don't blame me for their problems later on in life. You know, I know a family that did this for years. They did this. They they just served their kids, served their kids, served their kids. Today, um, their kids are not serving the Lord. I don't even want to go into many details because some people might know who I'm talking about. I don't want to talk about that. But but the reality is that you serve the other things of your life and those things cannot bless you. They cannot prosper you. They cannot protect you. Right. Plus, you what know. are you teaching them? And what are you teaching your kids? You know, yeah, you're teaching caught? your kids, I don't trust God. So yeah, I might be going through the motions of going to church, but I don't trust God. So yeah. really, you know, they're ultimately, they're not going to trust God. Right. Here's the one action step I want to test from Financial Peace for everybody out there listening. What's the one thing we can give them to try to get through this holiday season? Spend everything on paper first. There you so go. So what does that mean? It means that before the money that is even coming in or going out, I've spent it on paper first, and I want you to do this. Everybody that is getting something from Christmas from you, put it in cash first and put it in an envelope. Yeah. When that envelope is spent, that person is done. That's how you stay inside the the budget lines for each individual person. That includes taxes. That includes everything. (laughs) And you got to go the step further, though. So if you have children and you have five kids and they give to their school bus driver and their teacher, everything needs to be down. Right. Beforehand. Everything. Because you're going to walk into the store and they're going to hit that emotional button and it's going to say that, you know, for $59.99, you can get this and it's going to make your kids Christmas. And you're going to say, you know, I was not there. uh, Yeah. It's not, in bu- it's not in the budget. It's you not ha- in the budget? No. Not in the budget. I'm not paying this on card. I'm not doing any debt. This is going to be in cash so that come January, we're ready to rock. Okay. We uh, have, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, you guys, I think this has helped a lot of people. I think it's going to be a great class. Again, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. No, 8 p.m. 8 yep. p.m. November 8 p.m. 7th. So November 7th, 8 p.m. here at Waters Church. You got to come. No child care available for this, but... Um, practical application principles for how to take ownership of money before debt and crazy spending in the holiday season takes ownership of your not only for Waters Church members bring anybody bring somebody that you know this Mm. is what a great opportunity to show them your church and show them that there's other outreach opportunities bring anybody that is struggling financially that has any type of big purchase coming up whether it be a house a car anything like that bring them okay let's close with this Lisa you said the four best financial investments you can make what are they Number one, trust in, it, it's got to be God. Yeah. You, you got to start there. Tithe. Yeah. yeah. You got to trust God. And number two is to pay off the debt. Pay the off debt. Credit debts. card debt. That does not need to follow you forever. It the doesn't. world has, has brainwashed everybody and just said that you're forever going to be in debt and you're always going to have car payments. Yeah. And that is so not true. Not true. Yeah. 
And number three is invest in your education because we're all for education. Yeah. It's important. Smartly, um, obviously, like we yes. talked about in state tuitions, community college, uh, you know, paying for classes via cash, Nights, working, weekends. working while you go to school, working while you go into school. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So it's possible. Absolutely. It's possible. Millennials. You can work and go to school. Yep. <laughs> Actually, the people that do get, better, get grades. better grades, they learn time management and they learn so much more. Please listen to that. Parents, they get better grades and they learn so much more. Mm. Okay. Number and then three. invest in your retirement. Four. That's number four. That's number four. Because you you got to plan for your retirement because it's very hard to live on Social Security alone. It is very hard. And it might not even be there. Right. Yeah. The way that our country spends money. Real quick, in class, we talk about investing in your retirement first before your college funding for your kids. And Mm -hmm. so many people want to reverse that. Yeah. Why is that? Because they wanted their kids to have a better life than they did. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. When you're 65 and you have no money and you need to live in your kid's basement because you didn't <laughs> retire, I want you to, what, did you really do the right they, thing for your kid? They have more time right. than you do. Absolutely. You so. got to start saving. It's got to start saving now, but we got to get you out of debt first. And mm. that's what we do in class. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast, The Deep End. Did you, did you enjoy your time? Yeah, it was great. Very much. All right. I'm so glad that you guys are here. You guys are here to help people. And again, not paid by the church. They don't make money by doing this. They do this because they care about you. They care about you, Water Church. They care about people beyond Water Church. They want to see you win with money. Thank you for joining us. This was The Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.